0: The Laughter Permitted podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Yo, yo,
1: yo, party people. Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Fowdy. I'm Lynn Ozowie, and I'm going to jump in right away and say, get ready, Dope Village. We've got an episode for you.
0: (laughs) Our guest is Chelsea manager, Emma Hayes.
1: This conversation, Jules, makes me want to get on a plane and apply for a job at Chelsea ASAP.
0: (laughs) I, I know. She definitely has that effect. Emma Hayes has led the Chelsea women's soccer team for the last 10 years, and she's won five women's Super League titles. That's the English Women's Pro League. Four FA Cup titles, two League Cups, and has also reached the Champions League final. For all her team success, she was named FIFA World Coach of the Year. Yes, as in the best coach in the entire world in 2021, she's won multiple Manager of the Year awards for her titles in the Women's Super League, and most recently was awarded one of the highest honors of her country, OBE, Order of the British Empire, given to her by Prince William. We talked to Emma about how she's been so successful and uh, also had a super interesting layer of detail as it relates to menstruation in female athletes and how they approach that at Chelsea which by the way is light years ahead ahead of so many in their approach to menstruation in athletes and beyond just being an incredible coach I love the way her mind works. I was lucky enough to get a lot of time with Emma this past summer as we covered the Women's European Championship together for ESPN. And as you will hear, I dearly miss our nightly fireside chats, which we all loved so much. So consider this one of our fireside chats. Get comfortable listening. It's Emma Hayes. Hey there Dope Village, Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives and truly we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and
1: men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every
0: time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And Honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission
1: to change the game for women's sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my
0: friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women, because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. There's only one M-I-A All together now kids There's only one ever as There's only one
2: ever as mm, mm, mm. And here I am, finally oh. One full hysterectomy later <laughs> <laughs> You text me like that week You're like, hey, any chance you can come on? I'm like, not really And getting my cervix out this week <laughs> You're like I'm lying in a hospital bed. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm, um, yeah, ready for a game tonight. So I'm. I'm actually at Stamford Bridge now. You can't see that, but yeah, I'm. I'm in the stadium now, so I'm ready for the game tonight against Real Madrid. Congrats on making an FA Cup final again. Thank you. Very excited for that. Be sold out at Wembley. Yeah, that's
0: crazy. Sixth time in nine years i see only only the sixth time in nine years emma hayes come on six in nine i know okay emma can you set the scene where you're at
2: what you're doing all those fabulous things well i am here at stanford bridge pretty early evening crowder build is building outside the stadium it's chelsea versus real madrid so, an absolute classic. Yeah. The bridge will be rocking tonight. These are yeah. brilliant. These are my favorite nights.
0: I've never Champ- seen a game at the bridge. I need to do that.
2: Ah, oh, yeah. Especially Champions League nights. Yeah. You now I could think of so many in the last 10 years I've been to that just the place lights up. It really does. Noise. I like night games, the lights, slick pitch. Yeah. Ooh. Two great things. So cool. Yeah, it'd be great. Great atmosphere here tonight. Oh, they're crazy. That's going to be crazy. Yep.
0: Last summer when I was telling Lynn my favourite part beyond actually England winning the Euros was that with our coverage with ESPN, we got to spend every single night
2: by that fire.
0: Our fireside chats where we literally like solve the world's problems um and that was
1: julie's cell phone by the way i think what was that yeah i don't know that alarm it's 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 beeping for hold on you we'll turn it off is it
2: that time already <laughs>
1: time's up it was so nice chatting with you emma it's wine o'clock. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was. But, yeah,
0: it it's, was. It's, it's only That's... 9.22 a.m. here. Oh, but right. Why not? It's five o'clock somewhere.
2: Wine not.
0: <laughs> wine <laughs> not. Sorry. That was, that was our every night. Wine not. Why not.
1: We'd say, uh, Fireside? Yes. Wine Happiness. not. Was, bring the wine. Honestly. Bring your glass. Let's go. So your hotel, it sounds like, had a really nice patio situation or with the fires. Uh, fireplace
2: yeah i mean to put it mildly i mean my son and i came out there and the only request we put in for was a swimming pool because it's so cold in england we were like it's gonna be warm let's have a pool they said we don't have a pool but we've got a pit (laughs) and i thought don't know how that's gonna go however The most memorable days of those weeks was every night sat by the pit. Mm. Everybody sat, chilling out, relaxing, shooting the breeze, drinking some (laughs) Coca-Colas, a little bit of vintage (laughs) Oregon red wine. I learned a lot about um, the Pinot Noirs from Oregon. Yes. Danielle and Laurie both taught me a lot about those, but tremendous, honestly, memorable fantastic group of people put together and uh to enjoy the euros for me outside of england it was such a brilliant brilliant time right i know
0: i was so pumped you did that with us
2: we had great fun yeah
0: yeah, and every night, Harry, there's this big grass field right next to it, so Harry would be running her four-year-old all over, who's
2: now, he is he five yet? No, he's coming Almost up five.
0: five. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's a big boy. Harry would be running over the grass field, and then he'd come back to the chat, and then he'd be listening in, and all of a sudden you'd hear this,
2: boring, yeah. Yeah. boring, <laughs> yeah. He's the only child talking. there. He's the only child there, but by the end... He was like, when are we gonna see our friends? Like,
0: well, and I said to Lynn, as we would have those fireside chats, we have to get Emma on the pod. And she's like, yes, we do. And so here you are, my friend. Thank we you. Thank
2: Happy you. to be here. I do listen in. I listen to the podcast on my on my drive in.
0: Aw, wow. you're part of the dope
2: village. Thank you. I know. Thank it's you. True. It's true, build a village.
0: One of the things we um, we talk a lot about, and which is your story, your backstory that I love on this pod, is that you know that it's not always linear the path, and you've had a winding path to success. Can you give us the condensed version of your path to Chelsea? Yeah.
2: Wow, condensed path to Chelsea. Grew up in London, inner city kid, playing on the streets, playing in a culture where didn't have much football much opportunity started playing for Arsenal as a youth player probably one of only five teams in the country it felt like that was organized and grew up in a time and a place where girls and women's football just wasn't the norm right um 1718 decided to pursue coaching badges more because my uni mates my college pals couldn't get it together and they needed organising so <laughs> did that more as a favour than as a passion and then started working in, in really community-based sports development projects in inner city London. And then one guy said to me, hey, listen, do you want to go and work in the US for major league soccer camps for $120 a week? And I was like, yeah, oh <laughs> sounds an enormous amount of money. Why not? And then I that's it. I took $1,000 and a backpack and I moved to Long Island, New York. And my Whoa. first job was in Stony Brook, driving up the LIE, working for the great Sue Ryan, who, you know, uh, I never forget the first time she stepped on the field in the middle of my session. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, don't ever step on the pitch while I'm in the middle of coaching. Wait until I'm done. We laughed about that many times years (laughs) later. But I went from Stony Brook to coaching the Long Island Lady Riders, a W League team, From there, I went to Iona College, a small division one school in New Rochelle, via various ODP, uh, state, regional, plus uh, so much in New York City, to then coming home to coaching for Arsenal's academy team as their academy director, and coaching the women's team, along with the legendary Vic Akers. And we won... It was called the Women's Cup then, the Champions yeah. League in 2006. And after two seasons, I was like, I didn't feel stimulated by it. And my p, my phys ed, forgive my American, uh, said to me, go see, it's my owner, Badad, waving at me, uh-huh. um, go see um, this Clairvoyant i have been no seeing way. her my whole life. And I said, oh really, like really? It's really not me, that. She said, just do it once. And I had a two-hour session with this woman in a little house in Finsbury Park, a stone throw away from Arsenal's Emirates uh, Stadium. And I sat there and I said, listen, I've got a choice to make. I stay at Arsenal, stay as the manager there. I've got the opportunity to go and be the manager at uh, St. Louis or the Chicago Red Stars. That's my... Choices, and she said to me, "Oh, don't go to Chicago. that That will be an absolute nightmare." I said, "What do you mean?" I, you know, she said, "No, don't, don't do that." I said, "Well, what about St. Louis?" She said, "Well, you're you're a London kid. I don't I don't think that will work for you." She said, "I think you should do Chelsea," and I said, "But I'm not here for Chelsea. I'm here to either remain at Arsenal. This is two thousand and six or seven, maybe." And I left the room and she, she also told me that I was gonna swim and bike a lot. And I never, that's all I did in Chicago, which I think was quite ironic. And she was absolutely right. Chicago oh was gosh. a nightmare. So you for, went but, to for, Chicago? So I went to the Red Stars and built a team with Marsha McDermott and um, brought my assistant Denise Reddy over from New York. And we put together a team that was unbelievable on paper but it just never worked on the pitch. And I've I've said this many times, I learned what not to do as a result of that experience right. and, and built a side that looked good on paper, but in, in reality didn't. And then I, when I got fired, I went and helped Jim Gabara at Washington Freedom for 10 games to help them get into the playoffs, which we did. And that was an awesome experience, coaching Abby Wambach for 10 games. My goodness, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. And Sonia Bompasta, mm-hmm. who ironically enough, we just played the semi, yeah, semi-final exactly. again. Oh, I
0: forgot you coached her at yeah, the Spirit then. I know, I know, I know. And then and, you're on the sidelines. She's the Lyon coach, yeah. um, Lynn, that they just knocked out of Champions League. Boom, I should have congratulated you on that. I know, I that did, was I did cool. give Lindsay Horan a big hug last week when I saw the US team. I was like, oh, I'm sorry.
2: Oh, I know, I know, that was tough. It, it's always tough when you beat uh, people, I guess. But, you know, you got to get on with it. you got to get yeah, on Yeah, you're winning. like, not that tough when <laughs> you winning. actually are on the winning no. side. And then I came home via, I remember I got a phone call from the Salens, who owned Western New York Flash, and asked me, asked me to build a roster from scratch. And then I put an entire team together for Joe Salen that won... The, team, but I think it was still called WPS in their first year. And the team that I built for them was all the players I should have signed when I was at Chicago. It was mm. such a great... And listen, I, I, I say that in a really good way because when I had the chance to, to pick Christine Sinclair for the second time when I should have done it first time around I was never going to make the same mistake twice (laughs) so and then when we put the roster together I remember getting a phone call saying look you got the chance to sign Marta to put the cherry on the cake if you want to do it and I thought well why not you know let's let's try and put Marta on the roster and I did and then I let You know, I sailed off into the sunset in London and I decided I didn't want to be in football anymore. And I started working with my father in our currency business, built that up. And then in 2012, pretty much straight after the Olympic gold final, I remember sitting with my dad watching the game and I was looking at the number of players for that tournament I'd coached. And Mm -hmm. my dad said, do you want to get back into it? I was like, not really. And then during the Mo Farah 5,000-meter race, I get a phone call. I'd had a couple of glasses of champagne. (laughs) Those were the days when I had weekends off. Let's be clear about that. And it was the then chairman at Chelsea who said, look, I've got a position. Do you want the job? I went, I'll take it. Oh, You didn't even hesitate. I didn't ask how much they were going to pay me. I didn't. I didn't know how many out I said I'll see I'll meet you tomorrow morning and the following morning I went to Cobham this must have been July whenever that race was the day after and I met them at Cobham they said we'll pay you 6000 pounds and you got a budget of 60000 pounds for your entire squad oh and I thought the hell? How am I going to be able to build a team with that? And I took the team over for the five remaining games of the season and I then got to the end of the season I thought, I can't do this. This is going to be an impossible build. And I had a couple of months reflecting on that and then got the opportunity to meet the wonderful Bruce Buck, who's you know, yeah. our former chairman at the club. Yeah. An American who I listen, you know I've lived and worked in America for 10 years so Working for someone like Bruce was really easy for me. And and he said to me, Emma, I want to change the narrative. I want everybody in the pubs to talk about Chelsea women, not Arsenal women. I said, okay, 11 years on, here I am.
0: Yeah. And a lot of titles. 11 years on. And you hadn't even been in the game. That's the most astonishing part of it all. Like you had gotten away from the game and they came and sought you. Yeah, you'd left the game. And they were like, nope. And your clairvoyant woman had told you
2: to go to Chelsea. I've never, ever been back. I never went to see her again. Oh, you should. I'm you terrified. Should I know, I mean, right? You know what I mean? You, you yeah. start getting to a point when you're like, if I go, she's going to start looking at lifelines. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'd rather not know.
1: <laughs> Have
2: you had a moment of, holy shit, she was right? She was right in so many ways with so many things. Weird. I've written it down and I've stuffed that paper away. In years to come, I'm sure Harry will find it, but I almost don't want to look at it. It was so much of what she said was weirdly played out the way she she wow. suggested. And uh-huh. Chelsea, um, she said to me, she was like, go, she, what she did say was, go to Chelsea, you're going to do unbelievable things there, oh, and yeah, you're going yeah. to change the game. <gasps> Whoa! And, you know, I've been at Chelsea, um, not just the winning, but I've, I've been blessed with a million honours as a result of just coaching a football team, team I love. Yeah. Brilliant. All
0: all with a cap Brilliant.
2: of 60,000 still. No, I'm kidding. I don't think, <laughs> can, you imagine, I don't think so.
0: can you imagine if you tried to, to build so.
2: that? No. no. That but it was definitely built. Yeah, it. But it, but it never went from a small place to a big place all at once, just incrementally yeah. year on year. And I used to say to the players, deliver a title and I'll ask for more. And, and to be fair, I behave the same way now. I will not give anything out. It has to be earned. Mm. And as soon as I sense a lot of entitlement, I, I, I will let the players know: you're not, you're, we're not, we're not doing it. You're not having it. We're going to earn mm-hmm. it again. You have that that hunger and that humility. I think has to be central. What would you attribute to why you've been so successful then at Chelsea, where you have changed the game? No, no secrets. There's never any secrets to making the top. It's just hard work. But not. It's, you've got to be smart about it. Of course, I've had brilliant people around to determine that. You know, I've worked with one guy for the entire time and we still share the same office and we still make the biggest decisions together so I think having that has really helped having Paul Green with me but but bringing bringing better people all of the time Mm -hmm. that are better at their jobs that helps then you bring better players then that makes it easier and I think it's bit by bit um and then then there's that recognition I've I've always said that the hardest titles to win are the first one it's so hard to get the first of anything and then it's when you when you get a few in, you're like, Oh my god, how do you maintain this? How do you keep maintaining this when everyone right. is at the same level but also hungrier? And that is I think finding those margins is something I've always prided myself on. I won't hmm. I don't stand still with it. I don't sit there and like I've I've had a lunch meeting today, it's all about planning for next season. Even though we've got a huge game on Saturday. What I've learnt right. is that You've gotta be you've gotta be one step ahead all of the time. And the minute I get too relaxed or too complacent, all I remind myself was how it feels to lose. And I hate it. <laughs> hate losing.
0: The moment you have too many wines by a fire, you know that <laughs> By a fireside chat, you know
2: that no, that was actually a good break for you. I never said that I don't enjoy my summers. <laughs> yeah, right. You're allowed I, summers I, off. I, I absolutely, I like to giggle. I like to laugh. My <laughs> mum always to says, to me, my mom always says to me, she's like, you're so you look so serious on camera. And I, I'm like, I know, I know. I do it just to like because it's. I hate that part of my job. In fact, the press part. It's the boring bit.
1: Boring. <laughs> well, I read that you consider yourself an introvert, and that quiet time is really important for you. Why is that?
2: Because of just you just get so overstimulated in this job. Is the the number of interactions per day, conversations. Mm. Yeah. You know whether it's on my drive in. You know, I, I might have phone calls that have been scheduled. The minute I hit the building, I'm telling you, Denise will be at the door. Like, we need to go over this. And then Who's the analyst, Denise? my assistant. assistant. Uh, Denise is American. from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, right on. <laughs> top class, top class. But she is my drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. And I'll walk in the building and it will be, we need to go over this. And then the mm-hmm. analyst will say, we need to go over that. And then operations will say, can we run the schedule by you? And then Paul will be this and then the players will be that and it's and everything has to be I think having a child helped me manage that better. Because what you do when you- I think when you have kids, is you you realize you just you, you have to manage your time better. Mm-hmm. So I'll literally just say, get, spit it out. What do you need? <laughs> Move get on. on. with it. Move on. Next one. Next. Next. I often say it's like a doctor's surgery. Like I've done with that one. Go. Okay. That that one. Next one. Next. One. Which helps me, but sometimes I think don't get the quality time. I don't always get the quality time I want with the players. Maybe because my job over a period of time as Taken on more responsibilities. Like today, I'm here meeting with a wonderful woman called Janet Smith, who who works for the Dodgers and is involved with the planning of Stamford Bridge or in our future. Like getting opportunities yeah. to sit down with her or meeting with agents or you know meeting with ownership it's just media commitments. There's always a lot of other things yeah. that come come with the territory. And right. Popular. So then, what do you do to get that time for yourself? My my baby boy is my time, and international breaks is been something I've changed. Maybe more so this year than ever. That when international come, international breaks come, I take the ment probably mental and physical space from the training facility. Mm-hmm. You never really stop working, but driving to and from work every I drive three hours a day every day oh, for wow. the last ten years. Whoa, like that takes its toll. Sure. Plus, you know, get Harry to school and, you know, get enough time for him. So when international breaks come, I, I do a better job of recovering for like a 10 day block, mm-hmm. then go again. Like now we've got a game every 4.76 days until four, uh, seven and a half weeks. So it works in blocks and chunks. 4.76 days. I know, trust me. <laughs> you start counting backwards to the end. And, and all I know is that you know the last day in the calendar i work backwards from that then yeah. i think i've got a beyonce concert somewhere sandwiched <laughs> in that last week and yeah I'm, do not then, miss that no definitely not <laughs> definitely not
0: One of the, one of the topics we talked a ton about al- alongside that the fire uh, fire pit was, which I I was like we have to go into this on the pod, was how you advocate for. Um, understanding of menstrual cycles with your players and then how that affects how you train and you have an app that goes with it. So if you could shed some light on that, because I think a lot of people talk now about menstrual cycles in athletics and how it affects women, but you don't see a lot then um activating as you are on how it relates to training, which is fascinating to me. Yeah,
2: that's because most people don't really know what to do with it. Right. And so... And that's because we grew up, all of us, we've grown up in a world where we went to school and for the most part we were taught either one of two things, you'll have a baby and here's how you put a condom on. They were probably the two pieces of sex education we were taught. What we weren't taught was what happens from puberty to menopause and everything in and around that. Not just that you have a period, but some might have abnormal periods, then you might you know, yes, you you can get pregnant as a woman, but there's various different ways to do that. Um, then there is ways that uh, there's different things that happen in your perimenopause, et cetera, et cetera. So we, as women, have been denied fundamental basic education about ourselves that's criminal. It's mm-hmm. criminal. Mm-hmm. So my starting point has always been, okay, uh, Top athletes have to perform just like little girls do when they play at the weekend, and we have to live with something that happens once a month for the for the most part. So, mm-hmm. how do we best do that? Because it's not as straightforward as saying, oh, "You got period pains, don't train." You got period pains, you oh, can't play the game. No, you you have to train, and you of course will play in the games. But putting into practice the application of what you eat, when you eat it how influential sleep is, the type of movement programs you need to do Mm -hmm. in various phases of of your menstrual cycle, the right supplements to take Mm. um, to help support that. And I think over a period of time, what we've done is, you know, the monitoring of their periods, of each player's periods has has helped us not just to understand how to get the best out of them, but recognise that, there is so many links. There's so many links and correlations to menstrual cycle and injuries and mm-hmm. types of injuries mm-hmm. and the avoidance of those injuries because it's not as simple as just saying, okay, we have an understanding of every our players' menstrual cycle in their four phases. We refer to them in four phases. Mm. Phase one is when estrogen is particularly high and estrogen is as my menopause doctor tells me, is like l- liquid gold. It's the mm-hmm. stuff that makes us feel strong. It's the stuff that, that makes us feel great. So parts of phase one and phase two, when our estrogen is surging, that's when we feel particularly strong. It's at the moment that there is um, a drop in, in, in that hormone plus progesterone that we start to run into problems. And those drops happen because it's natural for us as a woman within that twenty-three day cycle that the middle part of that—that's when we is the best time for us to ovulate. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. that period when there's a decline in your hormones is uh, there's a uh, a greater risk of whether it tend and muscle injuries around that time mm-hmm. and. It, I'd be here all day going into to great depth about it, mm-hmm. but what what we have learnt is that everything that you have to do from your prehab programs, your movement movement programs, have to factor in. And here's the tricky part: Player A might be in phase one, Player mm-hmm. B might be in phase right. four. Yeah, mm-hmm. which activation does she need? What food does she need? Right. Uh, within the training load, has she got an injury history that? that might create some so there is it's a multidisciplinary, i think attempt yeah to to manage that and often i think people they look at our environment they're like how can we bottle that up and buy it it's it's not it's not that straightforward it's actually uh getting it right from the head coach to your movement coaches your medical team Everybody yeah. must be in complete sync. Yeah. Speak mm. the same language. Incredible. And remembering that I know in our world we we say this all the time. Your starting point is that women are not small men. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Wow. Well, we've always been trained like that. Given uniforms
0: like that. Yeah. yeah trained like that. trained, trained like it. Yeah. Everything.
2: Yeah. And it's coming from a um, there's not enough research been done on, you know, what's best for us, etc. You just get treated exactly the same. And our starting point, as, as been at Chelsea, is the opposite. We're not that. And our thinking has to be outside of that. And we challenge the stereotypes, even internally. Even if we've got staff that will come into the game, they'll come from the men's game. And the first thing we'll do is say, we say to them, don't say a word for two weeks. <laughs> listen listen I don't care about your knowledge right now I don't it's not about how much you I know oh I want oh
1: my gosh I want
2: you to listen and learn uh, that, that in this environment there's been 10 11 even longer than that like my my interest in this area came when I was a college coach in the U.S. actually, hmm. when I was the head coach at Iona and we had three ACL injuries in a college season. I was like, this is not all coincidental. I'm causing yeah. this. I'm creating this. You didn't say it was the field. And it, it isn't the field. <laughs> That's, yeah. there's, there's many factors that play into that. Uh, and for me, the most important is training methodology. Training methodology is the number one most important thing, and, and 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 yes, all the mechanisms around it to support the player, but is, what, there's what a lot you, of work that goes what into did it. You, I think you
0: gave me a quote of your injury in terms of how how the. Oh, I can't speak today. Your injuries decreased by a certain percentage based on some of of what
2: you've yeah implemented, I'm, right? I'm having a knock wood moment, especially the biggest injury. Yeah, the, that big yeah. injury hasn't been in our environment, I think, for six years. I don't even want to say it out loud, but I'm not. I'm not saying it, but it's, it I involves this, a knee. Yeah. I think the I think the important thing to mention is that our knowledge and our understanding is not about... Uh, it's about performance, first and foremost, like getting people to perform at their best. Injury prevention is part of that, but ultimately, if I've got a... a let's take a centre-forward who's suffering with endometriosis. The management of that player, the well as much as a goalkeeper who, um, for example... You know, in phase four, so many things are affected, your dexterity, your coordination, uh, all of those things. So when a goalkeeper may drop balls a lot in phase four, there may be a reason for that. My job is to make sure we prepare her brain, that the activations in her brain are ready so that she can train knowing that, as a result of all the things that are happening as a result of the menstrual cycle, her brain is, is a little more fatigued or a little mm. slower at getting mm. messages to the muscles, etc. So yeah, there's a lot of work we're doing, a lot of monitoring, a lot of our own internal research. And I'm sure once we've got enough quantitative and reliable data, we will start to produce that. But I can say that I can't imagine that anywhere else in the world is doing what we're doing at Chelsea.
0: I know that's the astonishing thing. <laughs> On, I know. is is why aren't more
2: people doing this? I mean, you, you've you've been doing this it's now mental. for years. Do you know and, what helped me is though yeah. is is working, especially in a club where you know, hey, you've got amazing medical teams and things like that, and then I was like. I know but you're not even factoring in that rehabbing a woman from a from an ACL injury is different to rehabbing a male from an ACL injury. Why? We don't right. produce as much testosterone. We don't build muscle in the same way. So you right. have to factor that in into right. our into how we yeah. we do that and of course it's going to take longer and of course it might require some different things. Right. What would your recommendation be for
1: someone like me where I'm, this is so new to me and yet all I want to do is gobble up
2: information. What would you suggest? TikTok. (laughs) Remember that? When you were like, go watch it on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think TikTok can be amazing in it's in teaching you different things in and around what matters most for a woman, everything from your gut to your brain to your muscles. And I think, the most important thing is is question what you know. Start to challenge that internally. Start to ask yourself mm. the questions. Why don't I know very much about being a woman? Why? Okay, if my starting point is I know very little, well, the good news is you're going to gain knowledge as a result of that. And I think remembering that you're not in the minority, you're in the majority most women don't know much about being a woman, and physiologically, I'm talking about. And I think that we de- we we deserve more worldwide.
0: Mm. I love that
2: you're using your voice to call on it as well. I've seen Definitely. a lot of
0: that late lately, where you've, you you uh, have been calling on the British government, to, to, and as you should to to get on women's health issues, and there
2: shouldn't be such a list for hysterectomies and female issues and it's frightening uh, it's it's terrifying how much we have to suffer without people realizing that whether you've got an irregular period to you know issues that are uh, pelvic related or struggles with fertility like hmm. it's important like I've always said if, if a male went through what we went through there would be significantly more investment
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's the truth Uh, the world would be a different place if men had a period every month
2: I would love to see it (laughs) (laughs) though I think a couple of the boys I work with do anyway (laughs) (laughs) pheromones yeah they do they do Okay. you know well, what think, this, is, this is what I yeah. think is important about the, the males that I work with and this is what I always say to them when they're going home I'm like this knowledge will help you be better husbands <laughs> yeah. you, you, you're going to go home instead of sort of going to your go to which is oh she's got a period right. leave her alone give her a bit of chocolate or <laughs> she's moaning do you know what I mean this, uh, no I, actually once you start to understand it a little bit more you, you you'll be able to help her yeah. you'll understand mm. it's out of her control yeah
1: well thank you for all of this and as much as the clairvoyant was right that you were going to make an impact at Chelsea in football it seems like this is just as impactful if not more
2: so it's definitely something I'm passionate about I think it's come from the place like I said of oh my goodness I don't ve- know very much about mm-hmm. being a woman and I think it's important and I've got to use that platform to do that think it's fair to say but we had some great fireside chats i was gonna say it. this is, like, i can see we had those diagrams we had <laughs> diagrams <laughs> out we had TikToks we even, out.
0: we haven't even gone into menopause forget about forget about it we don't have time for that you've got no. a champions league game to go watch okay are you ready emma for the most competitive part of this podcast
1: oh, oh! she's got her squeaky I'm Emma, ready. can you? Yeah, can you give us uh, the sound of what you what you've got? This is amazing. It is a white and blue Chelsea squeaky toy. Uh, oh,
2: we're gonna have incredible to order one of those incredible store. If it fails, if all uh, fails. <laughs> this is for you, Emma. I love it. I love it. Is that? Ah, that's my brilliant red British phone booth. I love that. I'd that love grates to on Len. She's like, yeah. We get rid of
0: the phone booth? I was like, no, Emma is on. I have to use my red British phone booth. No,
1: I'm totally in favor of the red British phone booth for this episode. I think it might be retired, though, afterwards. Yeah. I think it's... Uh, I'm looking like forward to coins. it.
2: I'm looking forward to it. It's
1: my money. It's all the money in my bank. All right. So the theme of today's game is Know Your Nelson Road. We're going Ted Lasso theme game today. Love oh. Love it. Okay. So, uh, wow. best of five questions wins. All Shit. multiple choice, squeak in when you think you have the answer.
0: I, I'm okay. not up on season three. Good. Are you up on season three?
1: Okay, good. Okay, good. Wait, okay. Are we ready? I'll oh, just yeah. testing the working. Okay. okay. <laughs> no early squeakage.
2: Question squeakage. one
1: what actor plays roy kent is it a brett goldstein b phil dunster or c brendan hunt julie A. Hey, brett goldstein correct
0: ah, no. one zero baby
1: jules i might have you move just a little bit back from the mic no no no
0: no, no. i'm right on this mic <laughs>
1: in this question two in the season two premiere what renowned american journalist got a shout out is it a katie couric b robin Roberts, emma <laughs> katie couric that is incorrect
0: oh sorry Emma. my turn
1: what are the other two um multiple choice answers or, uh so b robin roberts or c diane sawyer Julie. I think. I'm not sure, but it's Diane Sawyer. Correct.
0: 2-0 hey, to Julie. Oh, I might be able to smoke Emma on this. The only thing she's ever lost in her life. <laughs> Question she three. Could, oh my god. I've never gone 3-0, oh, I don't think. Emma, it could be against you.
2: <laughs> Just saying. No pressure. No, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I mean, okay. you Lock know. I'm Let's go, ready. I'm ready. Let's go in, Emma. I'm already getting moody. <laughs>
1: question three ted lasso previously coached american football at which university before taking over at afc richmond is it a the university of iowa b the university of tulsa or c wichita state emma a a incorrect Oh, great. Oh <laughs> this is usually what happens
2: to Julie. <laughs> this is what I do all the time. <laughs> it's Tulsa, in <isn't> it.
0: <laughs> okay, um I'm going uh, B, Tulsa. Incorrect,
1: Wichita oh, oh, <laughs> State. <joke. laughs>
0: Okay, okay, okay. Two to one, two to one. Uh, it's so great if I had smoked her! Damn it. You Influence. missed your shot.
2: Easily influenced.
0: Uh, Wichita State. Oh yeah. Okay.
1: Question four. What is the name of Ted's alter ego? Is it a lead tasso? B A lead tasso! <laughs> Correct. A- <laughs> it's oh, man! oh man <laughs> wins. you won
2: but emma definitely won else.
1: when it came to the squeaky toy Uh
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely i i mean I, I think the third one was the only one i really knew but you know the time <laughs> it took me to, Squeeze it, game over. Though I love the show. I do love Ted Lasso. I do too. Those questions were, a lot of those questions were deep cuts.
0: Okay, most pressing questions. Emma Carol Hayes, what if I said to you at 20 years old, you would one day be Emma Carol Hayes OBE? Oh, as in awarded one of the highest awards of your country, Order of the
2: British Empire. What would you have said to me? No way! You're, you're, you're having a laugh. You're having um, a laugh. Yeah, I, when I got an MBE, um, yeah. which was which was another, I, people used to ask me what it it meant, and because we had the currency business, I used to say I'm a, a money business exchanger. That's what it stood for. <laughs> Don't think the Queen liked that, but you know, it suited me. But listen, never. I I I've never been more gobsmacked that when I received those official letters from the order Prime Minister's of office. of the
0: British Empire, It's a bit sister. of a like. Yeah. Len, you know, she's met the queen. That's yes. who bestowed
2: it on her. Yes. The order. That, yes. And my,
0: Prince, uh, Prince William?
2: Yes, future mm. king. That was pretty incredible, mm. memorable.
1: All right, my most pressing then is, what are your thoughts on Prince Harry?
2: Oh, I'm not going to beat up on him. I'm not going to beat up on him. I I think um, he's had to grow up in the glare and the spotlight and most importantly lost his mum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's his most important person and I can't imagine how difficult that must have been for him. So I'm not going to beat up on him.
0: High, low, cheer is the last segment we do on the podcast, Emma. High of your career, low of your career, and the cheer is for someone you're grateful for that's helped you along the way.
2: Um, Low was Chicago. Mm. I felt like a real failure. I really struggled with that, but I know it was the best thing. Mm. The real high, i got to say just getting the Chelsea gig. Because I can't pick one trophy over the other, yeah. and I think grateful along the way. I recognise it more so than now, and it has to be mum and dad.
0: Yeah,
2: has to be. Ah,
0: the thing that I I. Loved in doing more research on you before this pod is how much your dad also pushed you to go to America. You need to go outside of this country because women's soccer isn't where it needs to be in this country.
2: Go to America, learn from them, and then make the game better here in England. He was so ahead of the curve for the women's game. I don't know... I would never be where I am if it wasn't mm. for me. I never forget him calling me from a phone box, similar to the one you've shown, during the Olympics. It, was it the Olympics in, in Georgia, in Athens? Yeah. And he called me. He was at those games, those big yeah. games. And he <laughs> said, Emma. Athens was the final, yeah. The, he, was, he was at the final. Uh, and he said to me... uh Emma, there are 100,000 people here watching a women's game. You need to move to this country. I was at university graduating. Yeah. He said, you need to be in America. And and you guys, I never had female role models, and I never had any as a child. The US Women's National Team, for me as a Londoner, uh, in 1999 was like, oh, my goodness, this is incredible. My dad switched me onto that. It wasn't maybe as you know, obvious then. And from then I've always been a fan, always Mm. been a fan of the the US Women's National Team as an outsider, always. Yay for mom and dad. You you, you know, I know I said this to you before, you get get the credit inside your own country for generations of girls uh, across the country. But there's also Emma Hayes that that Mm. have been able to make a mark for herself as a result of what you guys did. So I'm grateful.
0: That thank you. But that was why watching and covering the women's Euros this past summer with you and seeing yeah. their ninety nine moment happen in real yeah. time in Wembley, calling that game, you yeah. were pitch side for us yeah. for ESPN. I was up with Ian Darky in the booth, uh Ian Dark in the booth, and that was so cool to
2: see your reaction to all of oh, that as well. It was moving. It really did. Yeah. It was but it, what 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 I've seen it do for the game since then has been unbelievable. It really has. It's it's kicked the game on no end. And mm-hmm. to think there's going to be an FA Cup final next month with a sellout crowd of almost ninety thousand people. That's the work we've been doing. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Best of luck, by the way, in Saturday's Champions League game versus Barcelona, first leg Thank of the you. semi. You guys are one point back in the league race with the game in hand and uh, and and running, running, running towards the end line. So I'm Thank proud you. of you, Mama. I'm proud for all Appreciate you done. Appreciate I'm going to keep uh, pushing. Uh, will you please give Harry the biggest of hugs for us?
2: I definitely will. Uh, I I'll, I'll tell him his friends have called him.
0: <laughs> <Aww>.
2: <laughs> See how he's him. doing. And, we, and I miss you.
1: love me some Emma Hayes. I love me some Emma Hayes. (laughs) I'm into, she's awesome. Uh, Takeaways. I, speaking of love, I love how Emma said that as a woman, I need to learn about being a woman. And I thought how in the last several years I've undergone somewhat of a personal revolution when it comes to things like sleep, what I eat, I'm into gut health, A lot of self-growth and alignment in my life. But until this conversation with Emma, I hadn't even considered what a month is like for me and the impact my menstrual cycle has on my life. So one, I hope Emma and her team do come out with their findings. And two, in the meantime, I seriously just found a next frontier to pursue. And it's even getting me thinking that we need to do a series on this, Jules. Mm. Yeah, agree agree like why do we still live in a in a day and age
0: where we're ashamed to talk about mm-hmm. it or afraid to talk about it or carry our tampon in public right or whatever it is it's like really oh my gosh yeah. so um yeah and i i'm still amazed that people haven't latched on to what they're doing at chelsea i mean she said it's it's club wide and i understand it's It's not just a quick fix the way they're approaching this. Like it's at every level they're addressing it. Um, But when you read anything about the experience these players have had playing under her with the attention to detail that they are giving to menstruation cycles and phases and the different four four different phases Mm -hmm. and and the decrease in injury and injury prevention. It's like, why aren't more people doing this? So, that's one of my takeaways is I hope that we're helping spread the good word that more people need to understand this and really dig into it because I do think it will help a lot of female athletes. Uh, and I I just think Emma is this fantastic reminder that success looks more like a jungle gym than <laughs> a straight arrow. Mm-hmm. And. And she got let go from the Chicago Red Stars when she was talking about her path to Chelsea. She almost stepped away from the game. Actually, she did step away from the game, went to work for her dad's business, and now she's got 10 seasons and tons of success at Chelsea. And I really think she is just getting going. Mm -hmm. There is so much, so much ahead for Emma and her beautiful brain. (laughs) So, yay. Yeah. That
1: was fun. That was so fun.
0: I was... In the middle of her preparing for Champions League <laughs> semifinal against Barcelona, she's like, I'm like, hey, you want to jump on the podcast? Yeah, sure. What do you need? She's a, she's a great teammate. Mm. Anything you need, like in the broadcast, when we were broadcasting together? Yeah. I got notes on that. What do you need? Uh. I got this. What do you need? I got that. I was like, ah, oh, you're a great teammate. <laughs> great teammate. <laughs> Questions permitted, Lynn. What do we got? Is it a takeover again? It's a takeover
1: from a listener. Okay, good. This comes from at Coach Allison two one four. Is there someone you've wanted to have on the podcast that you haven't been able to book? Oh, God! Thank you, Allison two one
0: four. Where do you want to begin, Allison two one four?
1: I feel like this might turn into a therapy session for you, Julie, because <laughs> yeah. there've been a, there have been some pursuits. There have been some pursuits. Um, my number one pursuit was always
0: rbg Mm. um and we didn't get the great ruth bader ginsburg however my new pursuit um actually it's not really a pursuit i should i really should work harder at it i just feel like there's no way i'm getting her and so i don't really try and that's just giving up that's just giving up (laughs) that is giving up and you know what allison two is it two Allison two one four, you've just re-inspired me to go after the great Michelle Obama. Let's <laughs> yeah. go! I would love to have Michelle Obama on the pod. I, I just love her. I think so it can much. happen. Yeah, I know. I do too. I, but you know, I don't know. I I get guilty. I'm like, these people are so busy. Mm. They're not gonna want to come talk to us. And then I'm like, man, eh, I don't
1: know. But maybe. <laughs> Thank you. I've been re-inspired. <laughs> Oh, uh, what about Diana Taurasi?
0: Oh, yeah. We've tried for years for <laughs> Diana
1: Taurasi. <laughs> oh, she's a
0: love. I love her. I think she'd love our podcast. Oh, she's just she, so hard to get for right anything. In. Yeah, she'd be great. Yeah, we For so long, we tried to get Sue and her together, and then we couldn't get the two, yeah. so we finally were like, okay, come on, Sue. Yeah. Sue came
1: on. Do so, you remember back in come on, D. Do you remember back in season one we did have an interview scheduled with them? I want to say it was in LA, and for some reason there was a conflict where we couldn't get there. And then Ever little did we know.
0: Oh, we did? Yeah. I did
1: not know. I
0: forgot about that. I
1: want to say it was maybe December 2018. Mm. That would involve an email search, which I'm not going to do, but just to say that. Ever since, uh, really, since the beginning of December 2018, 2019, 2018, I think. Time, it's, it's a blur. Who do you want, Lynn? So i what the two I'll put out into the universe. I've 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 mentioned Sarah Blakely in the past. Have yeah. not I have not done the hot pursuit. I have sort of felt that this is a universe founder of Spanx. Yes, uh, that this is a bit of a, a universe. Uh, request yeah. and when it, the time is right it will be right uh mm-hmm. i do think the time is right now though for for us to talk with jennifer garner with mm. the connection to angel mm-hmm. city
0: yeah that's another one we've had on forever
1: i don't yeah. that's another one though. Jennifer, yeah gonna, i think we're gonna i think it's could it be the same thing that you're hesitant to ask because yeah. she gets so many requests yeah exactly you you're very thoughtful that yeah. way, but maybe we gotta gotta get in, yeah. gotta give it a shot. I really need to be less thoughtful.
0: <laughs> okay, the other one, mm. which my friend who was with us this, this week, Jen, mm-hmm. who's a lobbyist in D.C., who's awesome, was like, "Who do you want?" And so I was talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, mm-hmm. and she's like, "What about Justice Sotomayor?" I was like, "Um, let me think about that. Yes, <laughs> a hot yes." So. Come on, Jen, let's get Justice Sotomayor on. Uh, all right, that was a good question. Thank you for that. Allison. I appreciate you. Dope Village, thank you for taking time in your day to hang out with us. And thank you as always to Ally and Dick Sporty Goods for their fabulous support. And of course to Kate Diaz for our theme music. And remember, as always, kids, sing it with us. Laughter, Laughter permitted.
2: I like to giggle.
0: Hey, Dope Village. The Mina Kimes Show featuring Linny is a podcast hosted by ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes and Linny. She is joined by expert guests as so she keeps you in the know on all things NFL. That's the Mina Kimes Show featuring Linny. Listen where you're listening to this podcast.